Yo, 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 we're live, we're live. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm here with my guy, Lem. Thankful for you coming out. My dog. It's a funny story. <laughs> we actually had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> For like three hours. <laughs> yeah, it was long. It won't be that long today. I promise. I promise. Yo, we had a really, really dope uh job session last night. Yes. Got to the end and yeah. uh, someone forgot to press record me. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's all it's all good because you know, God had better things in mind for us. And uh it was encouraging, but yeah, you'll never know. No. <laughs> so, unless we try to recreate the whole conversation tonight, uh, yeah. we, nah, it it's not even possible. <laughs> but uh, no, you guys will definitely get a glimpse into um that conversation, and hopefully, the goal is that we all leave here um encouraged and and challenged, and um yeah, mm -hmm. just inspired to. Walk this walk and love yeah. Jesus. Word up. Yeah. So um tell her about a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Lem James. Um I'm a Christian, believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, husband, my wife Cindy. She's probably watching right now. Uh, I got two sons, Michael and Ezekiel, uh, seven, soon to be eight and five. Um member at Lancaster Evangelical Free Church. I am a chaplain in the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. Cool. What's up to all my soldiers? <laughs> um, once upon a time, I used to break dance. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, just try to be faithful to the Lord. That's it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I've always um, appreciated about you, Lem, and I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it again so that everybody can hear you, is that whenever I get around you, I always feel like, you know, like you fan my flame, mm. you know, and like I really feel like when I get around you, it's one of those things It's like as iron sharpens iron, you know, mm. um, so does a brother. Um, like that's what you do for me. Mm. Um and I've always appreciated about you. But then anytime I talk to somebody or run to somebody, they always say the same thing. Like, yo, like, Lem, when you get around him, he just, like, he just encourages you. You know, he lifts you up. You know, he challenges you to just want to do more, be more, and um, go all in for Christ. So that's something that I appreciate about you. But one of the things that we talked about yesterday was just, like, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, praise God, definitely, because I can't take credit. Um, I think part of it is because um, I've been forgiven much, mm. right? I know the sinner that I was. I know how much he saved me from, so I'm thankful, um, and I love the Lord for it. And also, I think he just gifted me. So um, Romans, if you look at uh, the book of Romans, um, and look at chapter 12, I'll read a passage here, and hopefully this will uh, be clear 
on why I think uh, I have the zeal and the uh, the faith that I do. Um, I'll just go ahead and read this here. It says this, starting in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take credit for the the zeal I have. Really, um, if I'm if I'm humbly looking at myself, if I'm I'm not thinking more highly than I ought to about mm-hmm. myself, I, I I didn't have a, a passion for God. Yeah, you know, before He came into my life and saved me, I I didn't I could care less about His. Um, who he is, his glory, um, his statutes, it meant nothing. It meant very little to me, if nothing. Um, so by his spirit, um, by his grace, I am what I am. So yeah, I, I have to, I have to point back to him hundred percent. hundred percent. Has it always been that, that way for you? Like since you gave your life to Christ, how, like, has that always just been something that, that you've had just this zeal? Um, I, I mean, everybody, I think sins right yeah and everybody uh by god's grace i could say since very early in my faith he has given me a passion for his name mm. and for his glory um i went to Lancaster bible college shortly after becoming a believer um 2005 and i remember i had a professor dr good and um, I thought I was going to the school. Yeah, for... Dr. Good just preached at my church this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Good. Love Dr. Good. Um, he can't, he, you know, I, I went to his class and I thought I was like in an international relations class, like mm-hmm. talking about like world affairs and like uh, being on the news or something. Mm-hmm. I just knew I didn't want to do what I was doing before, which was architecture. And I knew I had to learn the Bible. So I was at LBC. Right. And, um, I was in the intercultural studies program, which was basically missions. Mm-hmm. And I remember him basically explaining what missions was and spreading the gospel message and being a representative for Christ, his ambassador to the world. Mm-hmm. And all I knew was, yup, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. hundred mm-hmm. percent sitting in that classroom. That was August in 2005. So by God's grace, I, I'm i thankful. I, you know, I, I've been able to um, keep that mindset mostly. Yeah. By his grace. Yeah. And that's a, and I mean, even the testimony to that, I think that's even how we first like came across each other Yeah, because you were, you were on mission and um, you were serving in the, schools in Lancaster City. Shout out to Heads Up. Chris Torsh <laughs> Justin Rule. Teaching uh, breakdance and I was one of your students and uh, they would hand out these uh, CDs 
that we would uh break dance to and we, they would give us cds to take home and i would just be in the car like jamming to these things and then i'm like listening to it i'm like riding with my top down listening to this jesus music like and I was like, oh, they're talking about Jesus. And Reach <laughs> Records. We did not get copyright to do that, but it produced fruit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm evidence of that, so shout out to Reach. <laughs> nah. Cross Movement, Lamp Mode, all of y'all. Thank, thank you for the ministry uh, of uh, sharing the gospel through hip-hop music. Yeah, that was that was a pretty dope thing. Um, but one of the things I want to get into tonight um a few months ago hmm. actually at the gap and i ran into you like yo jess we got to sit down we got to talk we got to chop it up there's just some hmm. things that i've been um diving into in the scripture that like i gotta show you like we gotta talk about sure. um and one of those things is was you were, you were talking about the gospel and then hmm. you're talking about the spiritual reality mm-hmm. of the gospel yes can you just get into that a little bit sure um i guess i'll start by just kind of sharing how that all came about for me. Um, while I was in seminary uh, in my Old Testament classes, shout out Phil Bollinger. I'm going to be doing shout outs all night. Um, I remember we were in Exodus and um, got to the part where Pharaoh's magicians were able to replicate what Moses and Aaron was doing. And I was mm. like, hold up, like, How? Like, yeah, yeah. how is this possible? How do they got this power to do what, you know, Moses and Aaron are doing? So that was like messing with me. And I'm like trying to, you know, and I just was like, all right, demons, boom, check, you know. Mm-hmm. And just was like, yeah, demons. Um, And then working with a, a brother, Jason King, shout out. Um, he was like, hey, man, check out this podcast called the Naked Bible Podcast mm. um, by Dr. Michael Heiser, who passed on um, probably less than a month ago now. Um, huge, huge um, benefit to me personally and many, many people. Um, I, w- I would suggest that you check out his works. Uh, he also wrote a book called The Unseen Realm. Um, so I started to interact with his material, another guy, John Walton, and some other um ancient near east scholars and second Mm -hmm. temple literature you know stuff that started to expose me to a lot of ideas and thoughts that i just wasn't you know not that i was never exposed to it but it was never a cohesive idea or message um what really pushed me to really start to learn and really start to um dig into these things i was in the book of ephesians at my church probably about four and a half years ago something like that and uh we do something called uh, manuscript studies where you'll take the scripture and you won't have any of the headings Mm -hmm. none of the numbers nothing all you'll have is like chapter one and then just all the texts of chapter one chapter two and all the text you won't other than the chapter heading you won't have anything else Mm And we were in the book of Ephesians going through. And I, I suggest that when you read your Bible, do that sometime. Um, you know, you're going to be, we we easily can um, miss things because we're so used to reading from a particular version. We even memorize where things are at on the paper and on the page 
that, you know, it kind of breaks up ideas and we stop at places that aren't necessarily meant to be stopped at. And anyway, mm -hmm. all that to say, I was, I was in Ephesians three and I read this and I'll go ahead and read it. And, um, and I'll go off of that and hopefully it'll make sense. So here's what it says. Um, the context is Paul is talking about, um, the mystery of the gospel and that mystery being that the Gentiles are fellow heirs with the Jews shares in the promise of Christ Jesus. And I'll start at verse six. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. I'm going to just explain a little bit what's going on. He's saying, look, Paul himself is saying, I got the task to take this message to the Gentiles. I'm, gonna, I, I'm summarizing here. And then he goes on to say, which for ages past was kept hidden in God. This concept was mm -hmm. kept hidden in God. Who created all things. His intent, God's intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, mm. according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I read that and I'm like, wait, what? What's this saying right now? It almost was like religious jargon. Mm -hmm. Like just you know, rulers, authorities in the heavenly realms. Like he, this is Paul just kicking lofty game. That's not, Paul doesn't do that. He, he's, he's speaking with a, with a purpose. He's saying these things that it might be understood. So I'll break it down to you. I think this is what it's saying that God's intent was that through the church, the Jew and Gentile church, his manifold wisdom, his diversified, varied wisdom hmm. would be on display should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So whoever these rulers and authorities are, they're in the heavenly realms, right? And this is according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So whatever this is, God had an eternal purpose in doing this. Mm. And he was going to show himself wise to these rulers and authorities. Okay, this seems pretty important. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm yeah. thinking like, yo, how many times have I read Ephesians? Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 was memorized for me. Mm -hmm. I was constantly kicking that to, to people. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, huh, interesting. Well, I think if we go to some of Paul's other uh, epistles and we look at even the book of Ephesians, these rulers and authorities and the dynamic here is going to is going to pop. So. Let's quickly go to Colossians chapter two. I don't know. Maybe people got questions on the. Uh... Nah, nah, not yet. I'll I'll let you know what they do. If you got yeah. questions, just put it in the chat. So Colossians chapter two, starting at verse thirteen, says this: When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So what I think this is saying here is the cross has done what? On one hand, it's canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Mm. Praise God. The gospel, right? I owed a debt because of my sin. Mm -hmm. I had charges against me, rightfully so. The accuser could bring a charge against me, rightfully so. Like, yo, this one broke your law. Mm -hmm. The law itself was a witness against me, so to say. What Christ did was cancel that on the cross. Mm. He took the punishment that I deserved. Yeah. Praise God. Canceling that debt. What's it also say? And he disarmed the powers and authorities, making a public spectacle of them. I believe that's saying to their shame because he triumphed over them by the cross. So the cross does what? On one hand, for the human, for those that find themselves in Christ, provides them uh, forgiveness, hmm. debt relieved. And on a spiritual side, I think here it's talking about spiritual beings, and I'm going to show why I think it's putting these other characters to shame and they're being triumphed over. Mm. How do I get that? Where do I get these ideas? This is, this is the writer of uh, Ephesians. Now go back to the book of Ephesians. And I think we can answer the question of who these rulers and authorities are in some part, who they're not and who they are. So mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter six, we'll start at verse 10. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. What is it not? It says it's not our wrestle, our our battle here, mm. at least in this section, is not against flesh and blood. He said, hey, this is who it's against. It's against these rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. Where at? In the in heavenly, heavenly realms. Yeah. Okay. So I think if I'm going back to that Ephesians 3 idea. What he's saying is, listen, the church is to show off. God's showing off his wisdom with the Jew and Gentile church to these, how did it say it? Powers or rulers and authorities. Mm -hmm. Rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I think he's showing off his wisdom in saving a people for himself. A people that one at one time were serving other gods, at one time were uh, worshiping Baal or worshiping at the Asherah or, or whatever. So, one more place, and then I'll, I, I would love to get some questions if people are online, but because um, I don't know what people are thinking about what I'm saying, but mm -hmm. maybe you got some for me. Yeah, we'll we'll look at one more spot in Ephesians chapter one, and maybe this is your first time hearing any of this kind of talk. Um, hopefully I'll bring some clarity and it won't be too strange. Um, I'm going to start in uh, Ephesians chapter one, start at verse 18. Here's what he says. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There's not a power that, or dominion, or rule anywhere, in heaven or on earth. What did Jesus say before he ascended? All authority has been given to me. Mm. All authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. On the basis of that, go. Here we see that confirmed, right, in Paul's ideas saying he's far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. These ideas tie with the gospel. At one time, look what he goes on to say right after this. As for you, he's talking to Gentiles here. He's saying, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And then he goes on to point the finger back at himself. And I think the Jews as well. He says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh mm -hmm. and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So to sum this up, um, I think this is significant because the gospel message is one of salvation for us that mm -hmm. we were at one time dead in our trespasses and sins in Colossians says we're enemies alienated. Um, we deserve wrath because mm -hmm. of our sin. Matter of fact, we were following the spirit who's at work in the sons of disobedience. Mm -hmm. We were not following the true God. We were chasing after an evil one perhaps the evil one. Mm -hmm. So it, it highlights things of the reality of the gospel and the significance beyond even what we can see. So, yeah. Just a question. Yeah. One of the things I'd like to ask is like, for like a believer, mm. like, why does this matter? Great question. You know what I mean? Like for someone who's placed their faith in Jesus, who like, I mean, I go to church, <laughs> you know, I read my Bible. Like, why does understanding these, uh, this spiritual realm and, you know, what Christ did and how it impacted the spiritual realm, why does that matter? Absolutely. Um, let's glorify him first. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter two. And there's many reasons why I think this matters. Hebrews chapter 2, here's what it says, starting in verse 14. It says this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. I believe this is talking of Christ. So that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who, are, who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 
Jesus frees us. Mm-hmm. Sin, Satan, the grave have been conquered by the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Super dope. Where Adam failed, where the first man failed, the second Adam, the Lord Jesus, has succeeded. Yeah. So big picture, why does this matter? If it, it if he could, if he didn't do that, we are still facing death, mm-hmm. eternal death. That sucks. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Why else does it matter? Remember what Ephesians 6 said. Yo, your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, goes on to say, these spiritual forces of evil. Mm-hmm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. You are in an active war. Mm. You are in a war zone. I like to I like to um, use this analogy, right? Imagine whatever city you're in. Let's say you live in Lancaster, right? Let's say Lancaster had the biggest uh, conservatory zoo of mm. all the world's most vicious, stealthy predators: mm. tigers, lions. Panthers, hyenas, anacondas, whatever. Deadly creatures. Like, we got to go look at them, and they had all of them there. Grizzly bears. You name it. It's there. Right? And then one day on your phone, your phone starts going crazy. And you think it's an amber alert. You look at it, and it's like, oh, it says that all the animals in the conservatory zoo. I don't even know if conservatory is a good word to use for zoos, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The, all those predators are loose. Mm. All of them. <laughs> they are out roaming the streets in your city. Let me tell you something. You going from your house to your car looks very different. It does. You don't move sure. like, oh man, it's a nice night out tonight. No, 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 no. You, if you have to get to your car, quick as you can, moving stealthily. You might have a weapon. You might put something on just in case they try to, you might not go out at all because you, because you know the threat is real. Mm. What's beyond my four walls could kill me. Did you know that Satan roams around like a, what's it say? Like a prowling lion, roaring lion, seeking those who he might devour? Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, sin is crouching at the door. That's what God said to uh, um, Cain. Mm. We have an enemy that if you open up, uh, uh, if there's a vulnerability, he will he will attack you. Mm-hmm. You should know your enemy's schemes. You should know your enemy's tactics. So why does it matter? Because you're in an active war. Mm. So God's freed us. The Lord Jesus has has um, canceled our debt. He took that power of death from Satan. We know that there's still an active war, but you know what's super dope? Jesus said, I'll be with you to the end of the age. So I'm not stressed out about it. Mm. It's not like, you know, I'm just fretting like, oh, man, well, Satan's out there. I'm not going to do. Nah, because the one who holds all authority, top top of the top of the chain of command, there's not a, a a being, a spiritual being in the heavens. There's not a earthly 
power that has more say than him. Mm -hmm. And his command was clear. Hey, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded, and I will be with you to the end of the age. Oh, snap. He's going to be with me? Well, now I can move. I can't. I, I don't have to fret about the evil one. Hmm. All my only response is that, like Jude says, "Hey, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you." What? Did, how did Jesus answer every time Satan came at him with the, the word, word of God? Yeah. So, why does it matter? Uh, let's go to another. Let's go to another section here. Um, Still Hebrews. Uh, go to Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter four. In Second Corinthians four, um, there's some encouraging words here. Here's what it says. Start at verse sixteen. Oh, on the first Corinthians. I thought that looked weird. Second Corinthians 4, 16. 16, you can read it, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Through our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What we're experiencing now is very temporary. Why does this matter? Because the things that are happening now will affect what happens on for eternity. Mm. That what you invest in now, the things that 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 we think about now. So here he's encouraging, like, yo, don't don't lose heart. Don't uh, see things for what they are. Light momentary afflictions compared to glory. Mm. Shipwrecked, it's okay. Glory's coming. Mm. They're beating you, putting you in jail. That's all right. Glory's coming. You're rejected by man. You're you're uh, ridiculed. Whatever the case might be, eternal glory far far outweighing all that. Mm. Why does this matter? The Lord Jesus is coming back. He is going to, uh, every knee will bow to him. Mm. Every tongue will confess him as Lord. And he will put all his enemies under his feet, including mm. rulers and authorities. That idea is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'll just read that quick, just so that somebody might be like, are you making this up, Lem? Are you making this up, Chaplain James? Hmm. I didn't make this up. Here's what it says. Starting at verse... We could start in verse 20. Uh, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. 
it matters. Mm. You know what I mean? All this, this stuff, this stuff matters so that we can see rightly so we can move rightly. Mm-hmm. If I, if I know that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, I think about him different. He, mm-hmm. it, his, his commands are not suggestions. Yeah. Imagine a basic training, right? Fort Benning, right? Yeah. yeah. Fort Benning, Sand Hill, fun times. The moment drill sergeant comes through, mm-hmm. the moment he hits that door, at ease, <laughs> and you just lock up. Why? The authority just came in. Facts. And he says, attention. You're snapping to attention. Half right face. You are going to put your body in the half right face. Front lean and rest position, move. You are going to be in a push-up position. I don't remember what it's called, the up, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, push-up One, two, three. <laughs> you are going to be going up. Your body's going to be doing push-ups. An unpl- a thing that you don't even want to do, but you're going to do it because that individual has authority. And it's not just a, a authority just because they're wearing a, a, a hat. They've been invested authority. To mm-hmm. ha- to train you, Jesus is the authority. Mm-hmm. There's no greater authority. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a, a there's no being that, including the one that we used to follow this, the one the spirit that is being followed by those that are disobedient, that we used to lie and cheat and steal and and follow his ways. He has no say on our life no more. It matters. Anyway, I'm done preaching. Go ahead. Listen. No, that was that was good. <laughs> that was that was really good. One of the things like I kind of want to get into is like you're talking about, all right, well, Jesus has the authority. Mm. Like, how does that impact like our everyday life as believers? Mm-hmm. Like, how should we respond to that? Yeah. I mean, if you go to Matthew chapter six. I think I'll let Jesus talk here. Rightfully so. Here's it says. Starting at verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust, where it says here, moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Mm. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What is our every day, most days? We are literally getting up, suiting up to go produce money to take care of the things that we have to take care of. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing, right? The Bible would say if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking care of your your loved ones, you're worse than the unbeliever. 
in mm-hmm. that regard. Like you, I'm not, everything I'm saying, know that it's on the basis of like, I'm not trying to skirt responsibility at all. Take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. Take care of your family. Do do what's right. What am I saying? What do I think is the heart here? We can't live for this life. Mm-hmm. We can't, it can't be this, if your investment is all based on this life, living your best life now, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. Why? Everything you see, this microphone, this phone, that phone, even this book, not the words of this book, because the words will live on, but my body is subject to rust, dust. It can be taken. It can Mm. be burned up, Mm -hmm. right? My investment has to be somewhere it can't be touched. Mm -hmm. There's no Ponzi scheme in the kingdom of heaven. Can't be taken. Mm -hmm. It's not going to crash like Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. There's there's one there that won't let it go down that way. So Mm -hmm. whatever I invest, and he says, hey, where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. So if my heart is set on the things of this world, and my treasure will be here. Mm-hmm. But if my treasure is my what I value is in the kingdom, the kingdom that's not seen, where my Lord is, my my efforts, my 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 heart, my devotion is there. My treasure is there. My heart is there. It's in a place where there will be no rust, no dust, no no thievery. Mm. What am I trying to say? What you do with your life will be held in account. The mm-hmm. Lord will take all your works. Let's go. Let, let's go there. So again, it's not like making stuff up. First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Here's what it says. By the grace God has given me, again, this is Paul talking, I laid a foundation as a wise, as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. You don't want to be the person that's just saved. Your whole life was just about consuming, mm. just about having a bigger barn, just about having a dope car, just about your vacations, just about, and I could go on and on and on. This is a, a plea, an encouragement to the believer. They're saved. Mm-hmm. They have repented of their sins. They have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what did they do with that life? Mm. 
What did they do with that life? Now he's even talking about works here and about works unto him. So I, you know, there's, we can tease it out. Nevertheless, what, here's what I'm trying to say. I want to be found when my works are tested by the Lord to have been with gold and silver and costly stones. Mm. I put, and invested my time in things that won't get burned up. I think it's pretty easy to know what those things are. You just do what he says. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to do? Well, then do that. Don't try to make up something on your own. Don't mm -hmm. try, like now there's nuance again. Yeah. And we talked about this yesterday in terms of who are you? Like specifically, who are you? How has God gifted you? What has he called you to? Mm -hmm. We don't all have the same mission. We don't all have the same gifts. Mm -hmm. And we got to be, we got to, you have to know, you have to know what the gifts are. You have to know what the roles are. You have to, but I can't tell you, Hey, you are an evangelist and you're supposed to be on this street corner. Yeah. Who am I? But God is real. Speak to him. Mm. What, what's he have for you? Anyway. And I think that's one of the things that we got into yesterday. Mm. Is that like in church, there seems to be these gifts or these like ministry roles that everybody idolizes mm. for like lack of a better role, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, people see, oh, the pastor, the worship leader, mm. you know, the evangelist, the teacher. And they kind of feel like, well, if my gifting doesn't fall within one of those boxes, then like, what do I really have to offer? So where do we go to like see how like Christ can use us, mm. you know, or like how we're gifted? Yes, that's that's a good question. Um, and praise God for the pastors. The yeah, yeah, leaders, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. um, he has called he has called people to those um, roles. I think we have to go to the Word. Mm -hmm. I think we have to go to Scripture. I think Ephesians four gives us. Um, some clarity i think uh we see spiritual gifts in first corinthians 12 i believe it is mm -hmm. um i believe in romans 12 where i was earlier um those would be some of the places i would give somebody some framework mm -hmm. of like this is what this is what let me say this god intends for his people to be operating within the body, the local mm. church. I think that's pretty clear in Ephesians 4. We, we can go there. Um, so how, how are you going to know? I mean, you're not, you're, you are a part of a body. You're not like a free floating, um, you know, solo renegade Christian. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, I believe yesterday you brought up the passage in um, Corinthians, Corinthians mm -hmm. talking about the body. Um, but I'll, I'll read this and hopefully this will be helpful to somebody. It says, uh, starting at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And it goes on. I think there's giftings within the church so you see those roles offices so to say uh, positions apostles prophets evangelists pastor teachers to do a specific task to equip his peoples for works of service so 
some of us will be called to pastor. Mm -hmm. Some of us will be called to evangelize. Um, I cannot tell you, you are a prophet so-and-so. I cannot, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, and I think, don't get me wrong, within the church, there has to be some affirmation. You can't just rise up and say, hey, I'm apostle so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Huh? Now, even the whole conversation of apostles for today and prophets is a whole nother conversation. Nevertheless, if you're rising up and just self-proclaiming, I, I am the pastor. It's like, whoa, because there's rules here, right? Mm -hmm. We see that in Timothy. We see that in Titus. Do you even meet the qualifications to do said task? Mm -hmm. So there should be there should be order. There should be, and that's specific. But here it says everybody is to be doing the work of the ministry. And now that's going to go to specific giftings too. If you don't have the gift to teach, like if you can't communicate truths, maybe you shouldn't be trying to give people spiritual truths of the Bible that you're going to be judged on one day. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? If you're not a person with zeal and faith, you might not want to be the one that they send to the front line to do said task that requires that. You, mm -hmm. you see, I'm just making something up in yeah, my yeah. mind now. Um, that that question is it's a good question because we, ha we have to know what our purpose is. If we look back at Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10, it says that for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So there are works that God already has prepared in advance to us to do. If we know who we are, we know the purpose to which we are. God has given us what he's given us and to, to walk in. There's a, that feeling is is um, awesome. You mm -hmm. feel great when you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I, I shared this with you yesterday. I'll share it again today. So my son's in U8 soccer league, mm -hmm. of which I'm the assistant to the assistant coach. I'm going <laughs> to stress that. I'm the assistant to the assistant coach. <laughs> I don't need too many more uh, <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> coach Emer, Coach John. Um. I asked the kids, I said, who wants to be goalie? And you see kids just stare at me like, not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not goalie. I'm the striker. You know? mm -hmm. They're looking and you have one of the kids, I want to be goalie. And it's like, and you can see, get, put him in the, in the box and he's happy. Like, yeah, I'm going to be goalie. You take that kid that don't want to be goalie and you just put him in goalie. Mm -hmm. It's like. Just standing there, sitting there, hates the fact that this ball is going <laughs> to come flying at his face any second. And he's just like, this is not what I signed up for. So we can't you, we can't do that. We can't just say, hey, here's the track. You need to go be a youth pastor. Then you're going to become associate pastor. Then you're going to be head pastor somewhere. No. Who, 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 what? who are you? How, how, what does God say? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And like one of the things you, we were talking about yesterday is like finding that sweet spot and hmm. in operating that. And that's like the area of our, our gifting. And that's where, you know, we thrive and, you know, we, you know, we're at our, we're at our best, you know, hmm. we're, we're flourishing like hmm. um, when, when we're operating in our gifting, but 
one of the things I want to ask is like, why do you feel like people just aren't moving and operating in their gifting? Like if everybody, if everybody in the church has a, has a gift, Mm -hmm. has some sort of spiritual gift, Mm -hmm. right? Why is it that we don't see more people like doing the work of the ministry? Yeah. I think probably there's many reasons. Some of which you probably touched on a little bit already. Mm -hmm. Because just to be honest, sometimes we just get lost in our own, our own desires. Mm. I want to pursue this. I ain't trying to pursue no ministry or God's work. Like, I want to do what I, I want to do me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably part of it. I think the desire to be um, a human superstar. Remember Cross Movement had that track back in the day, Human Superstars? I don't think We're I heard that one. Of the human superstar. Nah, anyway, check put, that out. Cross me, Movement, Human Superstars. You haven't put me onto that one. Um, I think sometimes we we just... We want to be glorified. We want to be, we want, in many ways, we allow this world's, uh, the fame, the, the, the glamour life, the, whether it be, I, you know, I'm, I'm basically living to pay off this car that makes me look dope when I'm driving down route 30 to my job that I'm going to be at most of the day. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be in the car for 20 minutes total a day. I think sometimes it's that. I think sometimes it's, um, you know, we're in an era where everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to have, you know, YouTube fame or Instagram or TikTok fame. Uh, not everybody, obviously, but there's enough people. Uh, mm-hmm. Only fans isn't as big as it is just cause. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's super sad, but it is what it is. Like, yeah. why is it that way? Because that's what the heart is desiring. Mm. Um, money, fame, whatever it be, you know, uh, the, the things, the things. So I think why don't people operate in their spiritual gifts? I don't even think some people know what they are. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what the spiritual giftings are. They don't know that, you know, um, and, and even Christians, like they don't, they don't, sometimes it's just not taught. So I think there's many reasons, unfortunately, um, because there are tracks too. And, and I, I have enough friends that started off as youth pastors, became associate pastors and head pastors and di- different. So I don't, I'm not dissing that, but when they're, it's dope. Praise God. If that was the path that he had you on. But if, if that's all you see, if that's all, you know, like, or I got to go to the worship leader track. That's my two paths. I just know how to sing. So I'm gonna go that. And I'm gonna, like, mm-hmm. You're not. There's not going to be an appreciation for the the variety of gifts that God has given the the body. Hmm. It's really dope. One of the things um, that we talked about yesterday was like how a lot of times there's things in our lives that kind of like distract, and you kind of like hit on that when you talk about the car, you know. But like we have. It's some of the some of the things that hinder us from operating in our gifting or doing the work of the ministry are things that we've placed in our own life, mm. you know, that are self-inflicted, whether it's because, you know, we're so bogged down with debt because, oh, we wanted the nice car. We wanted we wanted a bigger house. Mm. You know, um, we wanted the the latest shoes. Um, so now we're working and we're grinding extra hard mm. um, to to pay off our debt or because mm. something else you hit on. Um, we have dreams and desires that 
just aren't aligned with all this ministry stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or or pursuing the the purposes of of God. So, um, like, our focus isn't there, mm. you know. Um, and like for me, like one thing I <laughs> like we we talked about, like there's some things that like in our life that we enjoy and we just like throw ourselves into, mm. right? Whether it be our TV shows, whether it's mm. our sports, mm. um, those things like that. Like for me, like this past year, I was in like four fantasy football leagues. Why am I in four fantasy football leagues? Yeah, You know what I mean? I enjoy fantasy football. There's nothing wrong with fantasy football. Mm-hmm. You know, everything in moderation, you know, mm. because at some point, some of the things that mm-hmm. we have placed in our life become a hindrance to serving the kingdom. Yes. You know what I mean? And like at the end of the day, I'm not serving the kingdom, I'm just serving me because I just want to participate in the things uh that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it would benefit us much to like evaluate our lives often and listen to God, like, you know, mm-hmm. through our prayer, like, our right, God, what is it that you would you have for me or that you want me to do in this season? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like see how he wants to move things around in your life and like, mm. you know, not tie yourself down with so much stuff. Like, you know, it's like, man, like, why am I stressed out? I'm stressed out over fantasy football. <laughs> it's something that <laughs> something that I have zero control over, right? Zero control over. I'm 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 researching players, I'm listening to all these podcasts, I'm watching all these videos. This is where all my time and attention is going for like a quarter of the year. And it's like, mm. man, I could really be doing something better. And I'm not saying that. I can't enjoy football. I can't participate in fantasy football, but sure. you know, but there's things and that's just, that's just like one example in my, my own personal life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, that's, that's hard. That's hard. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think we, we are a blessed people in America. Mm-hmm. We're mad rich. Mm-hmm. Like our people who are on the lower spectrum of the income level, are and i'm not saying this to be you know i'm not dissing this don't don't hear this as a diss don't hear this as any like we rock because i I grew up section eight housing you know what i mean i had sneakers you know Mm -hmm. i ate doritos and drunk gatorade we have obese people in the hood you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. we're very rich people we are rich Mm -hmm. um and I, and I'm uh, again. We know that it's not healthy food that a lot of people are eating. It's not. It, so I, I get it. Nevertheless, we do have a lot, especially compared to the rest of the world and people through history. We we are doing very well on the outside. We are blessed. And I think that idea of being blessed, like what does it mean truly to be blessed? Hmm. Who said it? Biggie. More money, more problems. <laughs> like. Sometimes your blessing is really not that. Mm. It's actually a hindrance to you, whether yeah. it be the car note or whatever it is. It's like we think, nah, this is my starter home. I need this is just for me to upgrade. And it's like, really? Like, is that yeah. Yeah, again? Unless you have to sleep somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had you're gonna have to pay bills. You're gonna have to do stuff to support your life. So I'm not saying be uh so crazy. And I, unless God's telling you to do that, sell all you have and, and give it, you know, to the poor, to the church or whatever you want to do. Praise God. I'm, I'm not saying don't do that. But what I, 
I'm also acknowledging the reality that, you know, we have to live, we have to work, we have to. Yeah. It's to the point though, is, is that what your life is about? Mm -hmm. Is your life about acquiring things? Are you, is being a good steward, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. Does that mean getting as much money as I can? That's a good steward, something that you can't take with you anyway. Mm -hmm. What is being, and I think there is, you know, answers for every individual, what that actually looks like of being a good steward. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a blanket statement, but I do know the principles in the word would have me move a certain kind of way. Yeah. Toward generosity, toward compassion, toward mercy, whatever it might be with my resources, with my abilities, with my time. Mm. There was a time and this is one of the things that you said that was really encouraging to me. And you were, I was at the, it was at the Cypher spot. Shout out to the Cypher spot. Um, and you. Um, you were doing a, you were doing the uh, devotional time mm. and you were talking about um, the story, the parable of the talents. Mm. And um, you talked about, you know, the master and he gave this one 10, he gave this one five, and he, you know, um, and the one that went in that, that got one went and hit his mm. And um, you had said something that like, yo, like the master's going to come back. Mm. And when he comes back, he's going to want return on his investment. And yeah. um, like one of the things that you pointed out was like, yo, like, he called this guy wicked. <laughs> like he's like, you're a wicked servant. Like, you know, whether his motive for hiding that talent was fear whether it was you know, you know, insecurity, mm -hmm. whether it was just lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, he hid that drunk. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um like how important is it for us to like like because well, we're talking about gifting and like you know doing the work of the ministry and serving, like how important is it to just like kind of just use what God has given us? I mean, you said it. Because I mean <laughs> we you know it's not an accident that he made you who he made you. Mm -hmm. it, God God wasn't like, oh, you know, oh, I accidentally gave this one too much faith. <laughs> like he, he, if he gave you strong faith, it was to be used. Mm. Um, yeah. I, it should sober us to mm. hear that, to hear that parable. What is it, Matthew 24, 25? It it should sober us. Like we we should we should read that and be like, yo, like the Lord is serious. Mm. Like he's you know it, it, he is going to expect me to give an account with my life. Like what did I do? What mm -hmm. did, what did I do with what he gave me? Mm -hmm. If it's if he if Jesus was saying that just for effect, like dang, that's kind of <laughs> like. What's the? I don't think he was saying it just for a fact. I think he was saying it because that's what it, that's what it is. Like mm -hmm. you will have to give an account for your life. Um, starting at verse nineteen, I'm, I'm actually I'll start at eighteen. The story in the middle of the story. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. 
you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold goes on. Same thing. He says, come and share your master's happiness. He came back with more. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it, give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And mm-hmm. throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. The Lord, That's the Lord's word. If that doesn't sober us, mm-hmm. you know, to, to fuel us, mm-hmm. I, I, there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say to this camera. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, 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 it's like, man, this is the words of the Lord. Like, the dope thing is, he gave. He he didn't just say, "Yo, go get me a bag of gold." Mm-hmm. Nah, he gave the means to get more gold, mm-hmm. to get more talents, whatever you know. That he he has given his people his spirit. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave us empty-handed. And he said he'd be with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yo, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. We have what we need. Mm. I, I don't need no, uh, you know, technique from some YouTube guru. Mm-hmm. I have the Lord's word. I have his spirit. Just, just looking at this alone and, 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 in reliance on him in prayer, I have a whole lot. Mm. I have a whole lot. So he, he, God is kind. He's not, he hasn't, he's not requiring something that he hasn't supplied, you know, mm-hmm. the means for us to hear that one day. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. Dope. That's what I want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's dope. That's dope. And I, I know we're getting a little longer on time, but if there's anybody that has any questions in um that's watching YouTube uh, land. Yeah, just 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 drop just drop a question. Um yeah, we could wait around for that for a little bit. Um, but if not, that's that's cool too. Um yeah, we can see them popping up, so you, you could just uh drop it whenever. Um one of the things I, I just want to talk, I wanted to say was, like, being in the military, right, that you always hear this, like, you've probably heard it said, like, move with a purpose. Mm. You know, everything, everything has, has a purpose, like, mm. um, you know, or like, you know, it's like when you're, like, you, you're, we're not just moving lackadaisically, you know, mm-hmm. we're not just, like, slumbering around, like, no, like, like in the military, they expect you to move with the purpose, especially like in those training phases. Like mm-hmm. if you're not running, you're wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you're not moving fast, if you if you're not, um, you know, if you don't have um some sort of motivation, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you're not moving with the purpose, like 
you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> and I, I just feel like that's how that's been that good <laughs> mm. throughout this conversation. Like, if we're not being intentional in our time, if we're not moving with a purpose in our faith and in our walk with Christ, mm. yes, we're wrong. We're soup sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's going to go. It, it, look how Hebrews speaks about this. You go to Hebrews chapter 9. Excuse me, it's 12. Here's what it says. He's talking in context about discipline, right? Mm. Um, how God disciplines those that are his. I'm mm -hmm. going to start at verse 12. He says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. We don't want our abilities to be out of our arms, our legs to be out of joint, right? By not, um, if you don't use your muscles, they atrophy. If, if, you know, your, your head's hung low and you're, you're moping around, that it, it does no benefit to you. All it is is going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. All it's going to do is hurt you. Um, yeah. I, we do have a question. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, vision on duty. Mm. He says, can you speak to the importance of contextualized talents, CHH as an example, but other things as well? Yeah. I mean, I think we we want to be wise, right? Mm -hmm. We, I think, so we're in the military. Mm -hmm. There's a way that people in the military speak. Now, in the Guard, you know, we acknowledge that the most of us are M-Day soldiers, meaning that, you know, you do it one week in a month, two <laughs> two <laughs> weeks in the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the, that's the slogan. Um, it's not actually the slogan anymore, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's even a way we talk, even when it's drill weekend, mm -hmm. we don't talk to our friends and family the same way we talk when we're in uniform. We, we have to be wise with our speech. Um, when I'm moving downtown Lancaster and interacting with people on the street, I talk different. <laughs> when I'm, you know, I, I, I have to, I think, I think we do have to be wise with how we, but it can't be at the expense of gospel truth. Mm. It, it, you can't, it, I love MTM Isaiah. Love it. I was bumping him today. Love yeah. his music. I put my young boy into that. If you, if you <laughs> are listening to this, look that up next. This thing will be done soon. MTM Isaiah. Some people would think it's corny because he he puts Jesus in his songs heavy. He's not ashamed to do that. But it sounds good for this, you know, for this generation's type of music. I yeah. love it. I, I play it in the car faithfully. My kids know the yeah. lyrics. I, I'll say half the lyrics. My kids will say the second half of the lyrics. Biblical truth that's that sounds good to the ear and that is effective in the community. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering the question right, but I think it's important that we, I think it's a matter of wisdom. Mm -hmm. I think God's mean, like his word will not come back to him void. People that are just standing on the street corner, you're going to hell. It's like, God could use that. <laughs> that's to me, that's not wise. Mm -hmm. Like one, who are you to say that somebody's going to hell? You don't know what God's going to do in that person's life. Could God use that crazy person on the street corner that's yelling at people, telling them they're going to hell? Sure. Yeah. Do I think that's wise? No. I don't think that's being salt and light. Yeah. But, and I don't know, like, if uh, this fall, like, if this follows, like, contextualized talent, but, like, one of the things I was talking about with one of my friends recently is that, like, man, like, for those people who are in business, like, you're more likely to receive, like, the gospel from somebody who's in business because they speak your language. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like another businessman who's following Jesus, who who who's flourishing within within their business, who's respectable, and like you know, if they're spitting game to you and they start telling you about the gospel, and you're a non-believer. You you might be a little bit more um, likely to actually like hear what they say. What they say. Um, you got a platform. Yeah. Because of your yeah. Credentials. Be, yeah, because of your your credentials. And I'm not saying that like you don't know. Like God only uses people who are credentialed and sure, you know yeah. special and and all these things but i just think like for some people like man like if we all like like you were talking about like the mandalorian right and now mm -hmm. like say you join some mandalorian group mm -hmm. you know everybody's getting together and they're like y'all like i really like you lamb like you're cool da -da -da. and like yeah, yeah yeah like what do you do outside of here and i'm like oh like i'm a follower of jesus da -da. Mm -hmm. what's that you know and, mm -hmm. and now, now you get you get it in you know this and, is the way yeah it's a Mandalorian. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that went right over my head. That went right over my head. I don't know. I watched the Mandalorian. But I think even like that, like when, like with, with sports and, and different things, like the area of your gifting, when you're involved in those things. And it's just like, yo, what, what scripture says, like, whether you eat, whether you drink in all things, mm. like do it for the glory of God. Word. You know, and, yes. um, you know, I think, yo, whether you're a school teacher, whether you serve in the military, whether you work at a bank. Um, whether you whether whether you flip burgers for a living, yeah. like yo, seek to be on mission. Mm -hmm. Like be on mission. Like the yeah. like the four walls of the church is not the only place that that ministry should happen. Like ministry should happen in our lives, and I think there's everyday opportunities that we get that we often overlook, and then we be like, mm -hmm. I want to be used by God, and then God <laughs> mm -hmm. gives you an opportunity. Mm. And you overlook it because it's not the thing, it's not glamorous mm. or it's not the thing that you um, thought it would be. Or some people just think, I think they kind of mm. put ministry in this box and then they're not seeing how the very lane that they're operating in is also the ministry that they're called to. Mm. You know, like before I was ever pursuing military chaplaincy, I was already mm. ministering in the military. I didn't wait to become a military chaplain or chaplain candidate to start mm. ministering in, in, in my context. Absolutely. You know, when I was in high school and on my football team, mm. like for instance, when I was in high school, I had given my life to Christ, had mm. this crazy like transformation. Didn't know much about the Bible, didn't anything. Right. But I remember at one point I wanted nothing to do with church. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Mm. And, um, but I was a, I was an athlete. Mm -hmm. And our team practiced on Sundays. Like mm -hmm. we would do like a uh, like a walkthrough practice on Sundays, and then kind of watch film of all the different teams mm -hmm. that um we played during the week. Mm -hmm. And like Sundays was like an important practice. It was mm -hmm. a very important practice. 
And um, I remember uh, telling my mom, like, yo, I got I got practice Sunday. And uh, she was like, uh, well, you know, you got church, too. And she's like, but I'll let you decide what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> I like she dig, <laughs> dig. She just put this. She just put the ball in my court, literally. <laughs> so um, I had a cho- I had a choice to make, you know. Mm-hmm. And I literally went to my coach and I sat down with my coach and I was like, "Yo, coach, um, I'm I'm a Christian. I have church Sunday morning, the same time as our practice. I was like, if I go to church, I could probably make the last part of practice. Mm-hmm. And um, my 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 coach is like, well, you know, like this practice is important. He's like, if you're not coming to practice, you'll miss film. You'll miss the walkthroughs and this affects playing time. He's like, do you understand that? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I, well, I respect your belief. Mm. And um, I'm not going to, like, hinder, you know, that if that's what you want to do. Mm. So go do it. Yeah. But just know it's going to hurt you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, coach. But, like, <laughs> but then also, like, now on the team, I had a responsibility mm-hmm. because now everybody's like, whoa. Why don't you have practice? Like, what's going on? I'm like, yo, I got went to church. You go to church? Mm-hmm. What's that? Now, now it's like, yeah. So then, now, now, my, my area, my, my gifting. I was a bench warmer, but <laughs> <laughs> the area of my gifting, you know, kind of allowed me an opportunity to just mm-hmm. like, yo, share about Jesus mm-hmm. with my teammates. Yes. And I just think like, yo, if we seek opportunities in our everyday lives. It'll be there. Amen. But Word. any last words, Lem? Any last uh, encouragement, comments, anything? Uh, man, I guess if I could leave us with anything, I'll leave us with scripture. Mm. I'd, rather, I'd rather hear God's thoughts, God's ideas. Um than mine so uh, i'll leave us with with this scripture uh romans chapter 8 and i will start us in verse 31 what then shall we say in response to these things if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, Mm. neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. It was dope. Appreciate you, my guy.
For sure. Thank you all for joining. As always, remember, it's not over, and God is not done with you. Peace. Peace.